0: one and all, and are we hanging in there? I know you probably don't have much of a choice, right? But hopefully things are going well for you. Welcome. Welcome back to the Yearbooking Report Podcast. If this is your first go-around, my name is Scott Geezy. I've been a representative for Justin's Yearbooks, entering my 22nd year now, although no year like this one, right? And I've been a lifelong journalist and broadcaster for coming up on four decades now. And so, I do the yearbooking because it's storytelling. It's just like journalism. It is journalism. And maybe this year of all years, it's time to really see the yearbook as a product of journalism. And I simply equate journalism with storytelling. I mean, the two are equal. That's what we're talking about. And so this year of all years, this could be the year to make that move, to make that change. I won't use the word pivot, because I'm told that pivot in the education world is not a cliche. Apparently some folks have overused it, so I won't use that word. The change from just kind of slapping pictures on pages and covering the same things we cover every year, year in and year out, more toward telling stories about people and topics, because we learned back in the spring again, groups and events, which has been the stalwart of your books probably forever, yeah, they can get canceled or postponed or worse. They can just disappear. But people and topics connected to people will never disappear. They're fun reads, and it's interesting to cover that material and to cover more people in your school. And hopefully, for everybody, hopefully, that's a goal, right? So, storytelling. That's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Yearbooking Report podcast. And we went to somebody who definitely knows. That's our friend Jeff Moffitt. Jeff is one of our Justin's Creative Accounts Managers, or CAMS. And believe you me, those folks have been busy this year. Oh my gosh. They have been the kings and queens of online material and they're not done yet. They're going to be doing more stuff. So for Jostin schools especially, be on the lookout for that because they have just done some amazing work ever since the insanity started about six months ago. And we were able to catch up with Jeff recently and again the main theme is about storytelling. Making that move, that change, not a pivot, that change for yearbooks to more more of a storytelling idea. It's not hard to do. Yeah, it might take a little work as Jeff talks about a little later on. But just at the beginning, once you kind of shift your gears, then it's just driving, if you will, in a different direction. So Jeff gave us some great ideas and insights. And so stay tuned. You're about to uh, hear some good stuff. Make sure you have a pen and pad or uh, some device or something to take notes with you there. Now, one quick note. with This is an online interview. I'm in Pennsylvania jeff is in texas and somewhere in there you know the internet gremlins kind of jumped in and tried to mess things up so our apologies in advance we have a couple of fits and starts and jumps and so on in the midst of our conversation but first off let's meet jeff jeff first off i appreciate you joining us and welcome to the yearbooking report thanks for being here
1: thanks scott i appreciate it i'm really excited to be here and talk to you and hopefully give people some ideas about what they can do to
0: make 2021 um, special and exciting. Gee, what's so special about 2021? <laughs> <laughs> can you think of something? I'm kidding.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, let, uh, the, the main thing we're going to talk about today is storytelling, which we're going to get to here in just a little bit. But first, uh, for folks that maybe don't know you, let, let's find out something about you. Tell us about yourself, your background. I know you used to be a terrific yearbook advisor at one point. Tell us something about yourself.
1: Um, well, I've been doing yearbook since seventh grade in some form. Um, I have to admit I got into it because I wanted to put my friends in the book um, and myself, but I had some really great teachers along the way that taught me about storytelling and that really the role of the yearbook is to capture the story of the year and tell the students stories um, that went there. And so from that, I went to um, get my degree in journalism from the University of Texas at Austin, hook them horns, and um, became a yearbook advisor and newspaper advisor. And then eventually um, got to be able to do what I'm doing now and teach on the national level, work with um, kids and teachers. Um, I still consider teachers my kids sometimes um, all over the country. So I'm really, really lucky. I think I have the best job in the world. Um, I'm still getting to do yearbooks and um teach design and work with kids and teachers. so i'm I'm really fortunate.
0: Now I'm curious, how long were you a teacher? Um
1: I was a teacher for twelve years. be uh, a high school in Orlando, Florida.
0: Oh, in, in Florida, okay, but right now you're in yep. Texas, is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm originally from Texas, and so I um, moved back um, about ten years ago.
0: Okay. Now, I'm just curious, and I'm thinking about teachers right now. You were a teacher for 12 years and then left. Now, did you leave because, you know, Jocelyn's made you some killer offer or, you know, why why did you eventually decide to shift?
1: Um, Because I have the opportunity to do what I'm doing now and work with schools um, from all over. So, it was really tough to leave the classroom, to be honest, because I was leaving my own little bubble and my own um, students. But I have experience um, teaching at summer workshops and doing things like that. And really, um, that was really rewarding. Um, And I was, you know, I guess the time was right. Or I had the opportunity. I probably would have liked to maybe talk at least three more years. Sometimes you just have to go when the opportunity's there. And so that was why I, I did it. And I'm really excited and um, it's been great. Um, I feel really fortunate. And so since I don't have my own yearbook staff, I just kind of adopt kids all over. And um, I have the, the yearbook dream team. And I was like, I would love to have that kid for editor or this photographer. But there's so many amazing kids out there that I've gotten to work with and learn from. Um, and see what they're doing. So it's been a lot of fun, really.
0: Now, again, I'm thinking about right now, and I I have to believe this is happening everywhere. First off, teachers right now, as we're recording this in September, are just stressed out over the limit, and you're nodding your head. Um, and I know that I've had, I'll use the word tragically, lost some yearbook advisors this year because Well, here's one. I won't name a name or anything like that. But this was a a good yearbook advisor last year who just quit her job over the summer because the idea of coming back to school, she has a health condition of some kind, just got to the point where she just said, Scott, I have to quit. And she quit her, not just yearbook advisor, she quit her job. And so I wonder how many teachers right now, they're really thinking about, I'm going to get out of this it's time to go. Now, you're nodding your head again. If you had a chance to sit down and talk to these people, maybe not about teaching per se, but at least the yearbook stuff, what would you tell them? What would you say to them? Um,
1: You know, I think in life, like everything, you ultimately have to do what's best for you and your family. And so only they can, can really make that decision. I do think that this is a valuable time of learning, and we're going to see the whole mode of teaching shift. Even when we do go back to in-building school, because we're still in school, it's just not always in the building, depending on where you are. Um, we're still going to see more different types of learning because there are some kids that are really succeeding with this type. That would be it'd be hard for me if I was a student. Um, and so I think that education's changing, and this is just really sort of that rough patch. So I think once we kind of get through this and, and even now I'm better at doing the virtual stuff than I was in March. And so I think that as teachers start to get the hang of it and start getting, you know, how to do lesson plans for, for different platforms, I don't want to say that it's necessarily become easier, but we're going to know what we're doing. And so there's a little bit more comfort in that. I think right now, one of the reasons that Um, it's scary is because not only do we not necessarily know how to use all the platforms and know how we're going to reach every kid through a screen, some of us don't even know if when we're going to go back to school or if they're going to be sports or they're going to be school events. So there's a ton of what ifs with that from the yearbook perspective. And so I can see how um, the teacher you mentioned just decided that it was time for her to, to move on. Um it's interesting because there was one Friday I remember and I had three different people contact me if they knew of any jobs with Justin's and they're all teachers and they you know later a couple of them were like I I was just stressed out in the moment ignore that um, but the point is I I was re- not in my head because I am hearing that I am seeing teachers do that or maybe they're close to retirement so they're going ahead and and deciding to leave um what worries me a little bit is that you know what happens to the kids, and you know, even with the advisors, once we kind of get through this year, it, are we going to go back to normal? And, um, and which I think we'll have some kind of normalcy, it won't be back. And so, maybe if we can kind of get through this piece, it's going to get easier. And it's going to, I know it's going to get easier because once you've done it, it's easier. And the other thing is, we need to stop really as much worrying about what we're doing as teachers and turn it over to the kids especially when it comes to yearbook because they're smarter than we are and we're really worried about everything but they're i believe in them and they're gonna pull through so don't always know how some years even in great years it's a miracle that 17 year olds created a book and it got out and all of those things um but they're, they're amazing. And they're going to do amazing things, especially when we get out of their way. So I don't know if I answered the question or not, but
0: that's about, that's about right. And I tell you, I'll agree with you. We, we do not give teenagers enough credit. Sometimes we just don't, I'm talking about adults and shame on us. Maybe this year they'll teach us something. I, I don't know. Now you are a cam. Now for folks who do not know what a cam is, what is a cam? What do you do now?
1: Um, So um, CAM stands for Creative Accounts Manager. So I work with schools that want to make their book better. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, And every school, that means something different to them. For some people, it just means they want their school to be more excited about it. Some people, their goal is to get into the lookbook. Some people want to win national awards and, you know, all of that stuff. For me, it doesn't really matter what your goal is, but I want to help you once you identify that, see how do we how do we get to that. Some, I have some schools that they just want to get better about making their deadlines. Um, I have some reps that want to learn things about scholastic journalism and how to make better books. So I really am there just to, to help schools however I can. And it's, there's really no two schools that I do the same thing with. Um, There's some schools that just sometimes ask me, hey, what do you think about this theme? And then there are others that want me to look at their pages more often. Um, The other big part of our job is the educational piece, and that's planning um, education materials and and putting them together for workshops that we host, um, a lot of training. Um, So a lot of the digital classroom content is, I don't want to say we necessarily create it all, but is based on input from advisors. And then we've kind of moved that Some of it, our team has created, but a lot of the educational um, resources, the presentations, those are some of the things that we directly um, work on and help with.
0: And I tell you what, over these last few months, you folks have been super busy. Um, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. You're right. I've been at this for over two decades. I've been waiting for you folks to do online material forever. And now this year, you're doing it, and I'm thrilled. And I think a lot of advisors and students are thrilled. Now, for folks who maybe have missed this somehow, very briefly, what have you folks been doing since the big kahuna in mid-March and everybody went home?
1: Um, we've transitioned all, all of our normal, like, spring, um, premiere, summer, and um, camps, and now we're going into fall. We've transitioned those all into some cultural of um Opponent. so in it and in well, actually that gives a lot more people more opportunities to join which I think is really exciting about it we're reaching a lot more schools and and students and they can tune in um, we're recording everything so even if you can't be there in that moment you can go and watch it later on or if you miss something you know rewind which no one really you know that's not really in the digital world but re, you know rewind and and look at it again. So that's something that's really new and fresh. And that's what I was alluding to earlier: is that teaching is changing now because of this. And so I do think it's possibly more student and advisor friendly on some aspects. Um, we're also doing some other things in terms of educational resources and ideas. Um, right now is really about I- idea generation because people are worried about coverage and they're thinking, okay, how am I going to tell this story this year? I don't have the normal events that I can cover in the book. So one of the things that we're doing, and I'm actually working on it today for the fall, is really looking for ideas from other places. And and it's interesting because um, I have a subscription to Sports Illustrated, GQ, a few other ones. And I was looking through last night and think, and looking at for yearbook ideas, and it's really interesting. They're doing the same things we're doing. They're creating creative co- creator content. Content, excuse me. Um, you know, one of the articles was prized possessions, and they asked these uh, variety of famous people like Pierce Brosnan to send in a photo of them and a little mini story about their prized possession. That is such a perfect story that we could use in a yearbook somehow. And you know what I love about it, too, just about the most popular kids. That's a story that can apply to just about anyone. Uh, most people have a prized possession or something that's special to them. And now that tells their story. And then also other people relate to that. So even if, oh, I don't have a beautiful watch that's my prized possession, reading that, it does make that the reader think, okay, well, this is what's special to me. Or this is important. Or oh, I didn't know that, You know, Scott's lava lamp is the most important thing to him. So um, there, I think that's where, what's gonna make this year so cool and unique is the stories that are gonna be told are like nothing ever before. And this is a year like no other before. So the yearbook's gonna be different. And, you know, not only do we wanna accept that, let's embrace that. Let's make it different. Let's, you know, do those things. I think the readers are really gonna love some of the innovation that I'm seeing kids
0: come up with. Well, I've got to run out by a lava lamp. That, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one of those right now. but uh. <laughs> We'll get back to more with Jostin's Creative Accounts Manager, Jeff Moffitt, in just a bit. i tell you what, stay tuned for this next sequence because Jeff has some, I think, terrific insights, if you will, on the future of education. All this insanity we're going through is going to change things. I think most folks know that. You know, it's never going to go back to exactly the way it was before. That's not going to happen. Jeff has some great insights. And, of course, about yearbook storytelling. So get ready. We'll get back to more of that in just a bit. And speaking of storytelling, again, especially for Justin's high school's Boy, if somehow you still don't know about our brand new Yearbook Plus digital feature, which is about to be activated here sometime soon, you need to. Because the whole idea behind uh, Yearbook Plus is storytelling. We are giving every student in school, all of them, each person, the opportunity to tell their own story with their own pictures, up to 10 of them, And that is then tied to the pages of your yearbook and will be saved and savored and remembered forever along with your yearbook. Yearbook Plus is just a fantastic new tool. You know, folks all have a phone, right? They all have a smartphone in their pocket, pretty much. And, of course, they want to use it. Boy, do they use it, right? Yes, they do. Class, oh, let's not go there. But in this particular case, we're giving kids a positive way to use their phone. Put it that way, all right? They can upload up to 10 pictures of themselves. Again, they are moderated. We're not looking for stupid stuff. And you, uh, your book advisors and staffs, will have the opportunity to do some moderating as well. And then when your yearbook comes out, whenever that is, May, June, August, whenever that is, tied to the headshots of your book, people will be able to scan a special code just for your school. That kind of turns everything on. This is not an app, by the way. So you can use any device, anytime, anywhere to make Yearbook plus work and they'll go to the portrait section, senior section, whatever, they can snap somebody's picture and if that person uploaded some pictures of themselves to tell their own story they come popping right up on the screen. I think distribution day is going to be totally different for Jostin schools from here on out. High schools we're talking about. Uh, folks are going to bring their phone with them. They're going to get their brand new book. They're going to go sit down. They're going to, you know, get their messages from their friends like they always do. But then they're going to grab their phone and they're going to start snapping pictures to see what other stories people told about themselves. Can you imagine? Even if you had come from a small school, you could be doing this for a long time. I mean, this is some rich storytelling here. And the yearbook staff will also have a chance to do the same thing. On pages of the book, they'll be able to mark images as special. Somebody will see that. They'll snap a picture of that image, and then they'll see more pictures of football or homecoming or some school event or a class or whatever. This is a fantastic digital storytelling tool, Yearbook Plus. If somehow you still don't know about this, oh my goodness, contact your Jostens representative and ask. They can help you get signed up now again there is a legal thing here kids have to be 13 and over to do this we're working on that because frankly we'd love for middle schools to do this too but for the time being it's primarily high schools and colleges by the way this is just a great tool folks you need to use this this is going to change the yearbooking game at those schools that actively promote yearbook plus this is phenomenal personally I cannot start waiting I can't wait to start using this brand new tool. It's fabulous. So if you like more information, again, contact your Jostens representative, and then let's see what we can do with this. Oh, baby, it's going to be awesome. All right, once again, we're talking about storytelling in the yearbook this week with our friend Jeff Moffitt. Before we get further into storytelling, now, you've done both now. You've obviously done plenty of in-person teaching But now with all the things that you folks have done this year, you've done a lot of online teaching. So we have one or the other. Tell me, from your perspective, the pros and cons of each. And do you prefer maybe one over the the other?
1: So if you're making me choose just one, I probably prefer in person. But I really think the combination of the two is where it can really be magical because, um, like I said, if students are able to, you know, have their own lessons, so to speak, or when it's the material like a PowerPoint presentation or handout or a worksheet, when they're able to use that and go at their own pace and not necessarily in a live classroom, I think that depending on the type of learner is, that could really benefit them. And then also with video, they have the chance to go back or if they miss something or ask questions in a different way. The piece that, you know, why the in-person there is because now I can have a better chance to react to the students and I can tell based on their body um, language when it's in-person or um, that connection. So if I need to change my teaching or adapt it, I think that that in-person gives you a, a better chance to do that than an online situation um, because it is just a different connection now i will say i it's gone a lot better than i thought it would uh, i think that we're getting used to teaching like that the kids are getting used to it but i don't think it ever gets to exactly what that in-person um teaching is like but it is a lot more personal than i initially um, thought it would be and we're, we're learning how to do that we're learning how to make that conversation and even how to pay attention. But you know, when you've got um, kids with their video off and you can't even see their faces, you don't know what the reaction, when you're in class and you see them grimace or smile, you know where you are and where you need to adapt. And then also catching that attention. You know, we don't really know what they're actually focused on in the virtual situation, like we might in the on-person, in-person.
0: You know, it's interesting, Jeff. I've talked to a good number of, well, teachers, advisors, and such. And a lot of them sort of think that, well, once we're past this, whenever that is, a year from now or something, the future of education is more of a hybrid idea, either combined in person and virtual, or the hybrid, which some schools, I guess, are doing, where you're in the building two days a week and then you're doing stuff at home, whatever, three days a week. A lot of folks seem to think that's the future. I mean, just listening to your comments, you're nodding your head. You you sort of think the same thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be different everywhere. Um, you know, it's going to depend on the type of school and the location of the school. And if it's public or private, you know, some schools, students at home the resources to um, do this where parts of the country, they might have those resources. I think that, um, You know, some other things that are really big benefits of it are, you know, if a student has to have a job or help their family, they can do that in a non-traditional way um, by having a classroom that's virtual because it gives them a chance to be home or take care of their brothers and sisters and then do the homework at night when their mom's home or vice versa. So I think that's where we're going to see some of those doors open up with those students quite a bit. Um, you know, we are seeing kids that are really succeeding and going at their own pace, um, and, and they like that, whereas there are some kids that really miss the in-person connection. So this is where I think education is going to be more become more specialized, which I hope it help more kids relate to it. You know, we all have those students that seem like they don't want to be there. Well, this may be the answer to being able to engage them going at their own pace and, and some of the things that that they really um, want to do that will that will help their education. What worries me is that we're not teachers enough. For example, I have some teacher friends that have to have lesson plans simultaneously for online, virtual, hybrid. So where maybe they were teaching five classes a day, they're teaching 10 or more because the way that they're having the lesson plans. And I don't see anyone really talking about teachers and taking care of them and taking care of their mental health and the the workload. I know one of them told me she had 150 emails in one day um, last week. And so how can you possibly manage everything that you already do as, you know, in a normal time of teaching what we're used to, but now we have a whole new world to explore. So I really want to make sure that there's some self-care and I want, you know, I'm hoping that they're not working every weekend planning for the week, which is what I'm seeing happen right now.
0: I'm say, i say I, I fear that they are and I'm married to one of them. So I I, I fear exactly everything you just said. So yeah, we need to work on that. Cool. Now yeah. what you and I do, I, I've always referred to as your booking, not just your book, your booking. Now, all the things you sort of just said, has yearbooking changed? I mean, you know, we're still taking pictures and we're still hopefully writing and we're still eventually going to make a page or something. That sounds the same. But thanks to this whole situation that we're in, has yearbooking somehow changed or will it change at some point in the future?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I I think that the whole idea behind it, if we go back to what a yearbook is and it's capturing the history of the year and telling that story that's not changing now how about that that part of yearbooking definitely is changing also the way we tell the stories and the types of stories that we tell are changing and i think that um you know a lot of us that are yearbooking and yearbookers have been able every year to know what we're gonna the stories that we're gonna tell. Okay, we know we're gonna have homecoming. We know there's gonna be a basketball game. We know this certain dance. So we can already predict what that story is gonna be like. We kind of know what those photos are because we've done it sort of the same way year after year with different people. And and you know, I'm not discrediting that because I've done it yearbook. They're excited even if it's a picture that was similar to one from 10 years, but the faces are changed. But We don't have those events now. And so that makes us find other ways to tell that story. So this is one of the hard things that I think we're like, oh, what is this going to look like? Because we don't have an answer. We know what a basketball spread is going to look like. So what is this sort of unknown virtual spread going to look like? And that's where I think the creativity really has to come through. And that's why it goes back to what I was talking about, you know, like the magazine idea and looking for so many Um, so much stuff that's different. And this is where I think in the future when we do maybe have back to like, you know, in-person school, sort of like what we're used to, I think that the way that we look at storytelling is going to be changed forever. Um, And the thing that I think is good about that is because I think in the last few years, some people aren't as into the yearbook or that's not as important to them because they're not one of those kids that's all about school spirit So now as we change our storytelling, it really embraces a broader audience. And I think that's gonna get kids excited about um, getting the yearbook, being in the yearbook, being part of yearbook staff. So we really see this sort of transition from this idea of what the old school yearbook used to look like, or even way back when they called it an annual. And, you know, it's, it's changed over time and it's changing again now. And just like with any communication, there's a, a major event that changes the way that we receive our news and get our news. And you think about, you know, the biggest one, um, you know, when 9/11 happened. That was really when the boom of getting the news from our phone digitally, social media, that changed everything because that's what we had right there um, at our hands. You know, and you think about. What moved people from radio to TV? Well, Vietnam War was people could see it in in their homes now. And that really transitioned them from listening to the radio to watching TV because it added this extra element of photos. And so now we have this huge event with coronavirus and we think about media and how that's changed. And so yearbooks are changing and they're going to change forever. And that's the scary part because we're like, okay, now I don't know how to do this but it's also the really exciting part because that's how we get better you know when our paradigm shifts the outcome is is usually a lot better so i think the 2021 yearbooks are going to be some of the best yearbooks in terms of storytelling that we've seen in a very long time i'm 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 really excited i can't wait to see what what our, our yearbook
0: staffs are, are coming up with and what they're doing i agree with you 100% now let's have some fun i want, okay. I want to do, I want to do a role play which normally I hate role plays, but I've already hit this here at the beginning of the new school year. All those things you just said are awesome, and they seem to make perfect sense, but I'm still talking to some advisors, and I'm talking, hey, we let's tell the stories this year. Let's cover topics this year, and yet uh, it's the message isn't getting through because at that school... The yearbook, again, has been essentially the same year after year after year after year. The football team, the volleyball team, homecoming week, the winter dance, you know, all that stuff. If you had a chance to sit down with an advisor, and this might be the majority, well, it is, the majority of advisors out there. And very briefly, not an elevator speech, not that short, but very briefly, why make this change? why should I change the way I've done things maybe for five, 10, 20 years toward these ideas that sound good, but I'm afraid of taking a risk. What would you tell somebody with something like that?
1: Um, well, one analogy that I use, especially when I'm in every year when I'm working with kids and they, you know, they want to sort of make the same yearbook that they've always done and their answer is, well, we've always done it that way. And so Things change. And, you know, my little joke is that we used to smoke on airplanes, not me, but that used to be allowed that people didn't wear seat belts. So things change and society and life changes. And so, my other question, too, is if they say, you know, why do this? Why change? I always want to put that back. Well, why not change? you know, and so I don't have reasons for why we shouldn't change because this is a different year. The world's a different place than what we've been doing for 20 years. And so I don't know why we wouldn't change, why we wouldn't be open to that. Um, Now, I do know the answer is because it's new, there's a lot of stuff on our plate. You know, advisors that have been advising for 10 years, they finally got this down. I mean, this year is like being a first year teacher for everyone. And so now you're a first year teacher and a first year yearbook advisor all together at once. That's why I think it's difficult.
0: We'll get back to our final segment with Jostin's Creative Accounts Manager, Jeff Moffitt, coming up in just a bit. Jeff's got some great advice coming up for brand new rookie advisors. And boy, did you pick a year to enter the yearbook world. (laughs) And I'm not trying to make fun there. I mean, holy mackerel, you know that, right? Well, Jeff has some great, great advice and some other ideas and tips, so stay tuned for more on that. Now here's a suggestion from yours truly and I hope that you're doing this already. It doesn't matter where you are right now and if especially you're at a school where you're already uh, working remotely, in other words all students are home, nobody is in buildings, absolutely for you but really also for everybody else and it's a simple thought. Get out there and take pictures. I mean take a ton of them take a lot of them here in the fall depending again where you live you know weather starts to go kind of crazy you know once you get into October November and of course December and such but beyond that what's school gonna look like in November and December nobody knows will we all be remote again like it was back in the spring we don't know but one thing I remember from the spring When the mass lockdown started happening in all sorts of states across our Great Union, a lot of yearbook staffs that were still working away suddenly found themselves caught. They were caught because they were running out of photos, and they couldn't go out and get fresh ones because of the lockdown. And they were really stuck. And in some cases, some yearbook staffs essentially stalled, which is never a good thing. So how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Well, what I've been suggesting to yearbook staffs here in the fall, get out there and take a ton of photos. Even if it's just with your smartphone, whatever device you have on your hands, use it. Get a giant stockpile of images. No, not of the same people. No, not just the friends of the yearbook staff. We're talking as many different students as you can. In school, out of school, around town, wherever you are. Just get a giant stockpile. Now, maybe you won't need them. But I bet some point you will, because if the lockdowns happen again, you go remote all over again, it's much more difficult to get pictures, then what do we do? Well, simple. We can now draw from that stockpile that we made to either maybe finish some spreads or make totally new ones, you know, with some of the storytelling ideas that we're sharing in our Yearbooking Report podcast episode here. But it's nice, of course, in a yearbook to have pictures. It's always nice. Even if it's just selfies at this point, or whatever, pictures of students doing things, being themselves, hanging around town, doing school stuff, whatever. Get a pile of photos in case you need them later, because again, I'm fairly certain you're going to need them later. It's not too late to get that stockpile going if you haven't already whatever sports action you might have, whatever activities you might have, whatever clubs might be doing, or again, just things around town that students are doing here, there, and everywhere. They're doing things. Let's get pictures of them in case we need it later. Take my strong advice, no matter where you are in America, or the planet for that matter, get pictures. Get a lot of them, because you're probably going to need them later. All right, there we go. Let's get back now to our final segment with Jeff Moffitt. You, you hit it. The number one reason is probably change normally somehow means more work. And I, I'm sorry, I'm overwhelmed as it is. Now, your response to, again, we're only talking about your booking now, your response to the claim that, well, this sounds like a lot more work. What would you say to that?
1: It's a different type of work. It's more organization and so i think that I, I guess yeah it is more work i think it is going to be more work um but i think it's worth it so i don't know if they're helping um but that's where that that storytelling and here's the thing aren't we here to teach kids and so if we ourselves as adults can't set that model that we're just not going to do it because we can't get over this adversity what does that show the kids? And so as a classroom teacher, first and foremost, above yearbooking and teaching photojournalism and even when I talk English, it's what do the kids leave here with? They're probably not in 20 years necessarily gonna know, you know, the parts of a caption, but skills that they're learning from this class school in general on how to interact with society and, how to handle the good and the bad stuff as teachers that's what we're doing is setting that example teaching them showing them there is a way through that Um, and you know virtually we're already changing society and we're setting the example i know that sometimes off camera even me i'm like oh i can't do this and i know that teachers are feeling but when we get there and we're working with the kids all that goes out the window because it's about the kids and so I think ultimately it's, do we show and help the kids grow or okay, no, we can't do this and give up. And I am not discounting those feelings of wanting to give up because I know there's probably every day where we're going to like, okay, I can't do this. But when you take the, take a breath and pause and say, it's going to be okay if it's not like it always was, that's really where the is um, because you know, like we said earlier, the kids are going to surprise us.
0: That's an honest answer, folks. Honest answer. All right. Yeah, it might be a little more work, not so much the work, but just changing sort of the point of view. That's Mm -hmm. probably where the work is. And I guess, Jeff, that's where I'm sort of, I'm trying to get the message across. Yeah, there's probably a little work in just changing the point of view. But then after that, let's go have some fun, tell some stories. So, i tell you, let's get some examples, Jeff. Now, anybody, you know, Justin's advisors tuning in, if you checked out any of the CAM events since, what, May, I guess is when they started. Late April. Yeah, tons and tons of great ideas. Now, Jeff, we could be here for several hours. You can't afford that, neither can I. Mm -hmm. Let's just give a couple of quick examples of good yearbook storytelling ideas that would probably work for just about any yearbook this year, whatever, whatever comes to your head.
1: Um, you know, I think a lot of things about what you're doing with your family, because I think not only a school changing and classroom changing, I think the dynamics changing a little bit. Um, I know at first that parents and, and kids, this was when everyone was in quarantine and they were at home. I saw a lot of them, you know, maybe learning things for their parents or spending time. I know somebody, um was showing all of their kids their favorite movies from the 80s. And I think that's really special. Um, and and there is there. And so maybe not every kid in your school was doing something like that. But maybe you find that one kid that um, their parent taught them their grandmother's lasagna recipe or what, whatever it is times of of hanging out or doing a puzzle together. And those are little moments or the things that I think kids are going to remember about their parents as you go through life later on, but also sibling relationships. Even something simple is what home classroom look like. You know, we were talking earlier about um, Zoom and digital backgrounds and stuff. And you can see that what mine looks like. And so what is the setup that the kids at your school have, you know, that there could be an interesting story with that. You know, even just sitting here, I could see out my window and I see kids riding their bikes a couple of times a day. I see people walking in their dogs. And I think some of those could be interesting stories. I think you can, you know, find out even as much as like, what kind of dog you have? Why did you get it? Um, people can identify that, you know, if I asked everyone watching this right now to raise your hand, if you have a pet, at least 50%, Look closer to 80% people, 80% of the people could say they did, or they've had one in their life. So have we ever told that story in the yearbook? Here's an opportunity to do that. Something else is um, let kids tell their own stories for the first time. You know, I, I want to go back a second, because we're talking about um, changing the way we do things. So I've noticed that when a lot of times when yearbook kids, non-yearbook kids join staff, they have this idea of what yearbooks are going to be like. But, On the journalism side, we try to erase all that and say, no, this is how the book has to be. Well, now we can stop seeing how it has to be and let it be. Um, So that's where finding those stories, like going to the park and seeing that five kids from different schools that are all basketball players are playing together. That's a story. I think even though one of those kids doesn't go to your school, there's the story. It's about coming together. Even though traditional events and activities aren't happening, people are, still, people are still doing things. They're still playing sports and doing their hobbies and doing art and dance. They're just doing it in a different way. So yearbooks, we need to cover that in a different way. And it is harder because the event that was pre-packaged and delivered to us, that's gone. The Amazon delivery yearbook is no more. So now we have to figure out how do we make it happen? And that's why it's scary. And that's why it's hard. And that's, I think, why some people are like, I'm out.
0: So. The, oh, Amazon, the Amazon delivery yearbook brought to you by a drone. <laughs> and, it, able- and it's really the coverage that
1: I'm talking about is that, you know, we know what we're going to cover in the yearbook in every other year. And this year, we don't know we don't know when it's going to happen even if we're going to have sports we don't know when they're going to start or they've started we don't know when they're going to stop um so if you have stuff going on right now get as much content as possible
0: all right now we're going to squelch a room here before we wrap up no Justin's is not doing drone delivery of your books okay we're not doing that not yet (laughs) at least not yet (laughs) okay final question and this is my favorite question when i get a chance to to interview somebody who especially works directly with advisors and students like you do and this is especially apropos for this year if you had a chance to sit down with rookie advisors these are folks who are brand new to this gig or maybe they've only done it for a year and it's this year of all years what advice Would you give to a rookie advisor right now to either help them do a really good job or just to help them survive? What would you tell them? A lot.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, These are some of my favorite people to work with because I get to see them grow in time. Um, One of the things that I would tell them is that they have just started their adventure in yearbooking. And it's like no other, this is going to be, you know, Charles Dickens, the best of times, the worst of times, but ultimately it's the best of times. Um, The connections that they're going to make with their students is like no other. It's like not any of their other classes, you know, many yearbook advisors have kids for longer than one year, sometimes two years. I know there are schools that turn over every year, but even with that, If you have a new staff every year, you often have siblings and you have kids that um, you're learning about them in a different way and you start to get to know their families and parents. You know, I had, I was with a family for basically all of my teaching career because they had three kids and they were in one of my programs, all this. So, I mean, I know those moms and dads and um, that's really, really cool and special. And even today, I've been there in 10 years. i still talk to some of my students and their parents. And so that's kind of the magic beyond just the product. Because as a first year teacher and a first year advisor, you might not have experienced that. But the first piece is seeing that product, but then it lives on and on for years to come. So, um, you know, I, I look at the books on my shelf and remember certain kids from those books and remember that that time or why they had that theme or thinking I didn't like that theme, but it was their book and they did it and they pulled it off. Um, so it's so rewarding and, you know, there's going to be moments where it's not, but, um, at the end of the day, you've changed a student's life in way in like no other teacher can, you know, sometimes like coaches. Um, but, for me yearbook is a home for anyone and, and as a student i found a home in your book in a school which that could have changed my path um, but even as an advisor i like all types of kids on staff they don't need to be the ap and perfect kids because i think they're it can be a home for any of them and so once we open those doors it's really, really rewarding, and you won't want to give it up. So.
0: And, we're make, and we're making something that literally lasts a lifetime. I think a lot of folks, especially teenagers, they don't quite get it because they haven't been on the planet long enough. Mm-hmm. But even for some adults, they, they miss that thought that, oh, yeah, this is going to be around for decades. And so your book advisors, for all those listening, you have a chance to make an impact that probably nobody else in the building can make you touch everybody, the football coach, the football players, the volleyball coach, the volleyball players, the yearbooks advisor could be everybody. So, yeah, because it goes
1: beyond that. It goes, you know, one of the things that I used to do when I was younger was look at my mom's yearbooks from the, you know, the fifties and sixties. And I don't know who that advisor was. I don't even know who the yearbook staff was but they've captured this moment in time that I was fascinated with. When I come across an old yearbook from 1910 or 1920s, it just pulls me into this moment of time. And that's what your students are doing and you're guiding them through that. And that's pretty powerful because there's no other class that does something like that. There's no other club that does something like that. So no matter what platform you're in, you're the only ones that are doing something that's gonna be around for a lifetime.
0: So that's cool. Bingo. Absolute bingo. Win the prize. There we go. Jeff, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad I was able to catch you today, and thanks again for joining us.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. It's been a lot of fun, and you know, I just, kind of my last words are that this is going to be a different year, so the book's going to be different, but you've got Scott, you've got me, you've got our team at Jostens, and um, we're we want to see you succeed and we're going to do everything we can. And when you have those moments, sometimes I call it yearbook therapy. Sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you and we're here for that too. So
0: thank you for having me on. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. For our Justin's partners, what Jeff just said, we've got your back this year. We absolutely got your back. So Jeff, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you again to our friend Jeff Moffat, Justin's creative accounts manager. Some really good ideas, some really good insights in there as we look forward to not just the 2021 yearbook, but frankly, what's going to come after that. Some folks have started thinking about that. Again, things are going to change. That's just part of the way it is, I guess, right now. So thanks again to Jeff for just some terrific ideas and insights. And folks, keep in mind at least if you're a Justin's school, Justin's, we got your back in this totally nutty, crazy, insane year, we've got your back. So if you're listening in and you need some extra help of some kind, contact your Johnston's representative. They'll be happy to help you. And maybe if you don't work with Johnston's right now and you're kind of struggling along, why don't you give us a call, drop us a line, drop us an email. We'd love to talk to you. This is a challenge and we are meeting the challenge. Justin's has your back because this amazing, incredible year deserves to be remembered. Folks, thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast.